I'm Steph. And I'm Drew. And you're listening to Spirited Spirits. November 16, 1957, Deputy Sheriff Frank Warden arrived at the Plainfield Hardware Store looking for his mother, 58-year-old Bernice Warden, the owner of the store. As he entered the store around 5 p.m., Bernice was nowhere to be found. However, Frank found that the cash register was open and that there were bloodstains on the floor. The shop had been relatively empty that day due to deer hunting season. Frank and the investigators found one piece of evidence, a sales slip written for a gallon of antifreeze, sold to a man by the name of Ed Gein. Steph, have you heard of Ed Gein? I have. Um, I feel like a lot of people in the true crime community probably have heard that name. It's very unique. Yeah. Um, Real quick, before we actually dive in to this story a little bit further... We wanted to let people know what we're drinking tonight. Um, we are making, well, we made a, um, it's essentially a old-fashioned but with apple cider. So it's got bourbon, which we're using Brothers Bond bourbon, and um, apple cider, of course. And then for to add a little bit of sweetness um, and a little spice, I made a homemade syrup out of rosemary fresh rosemary from my garden and um, some cinnamon and um, it just gives it a nice flavor. It's, it's, it's really delicious. Yeah. So. It's pretty good. Um, I didn't know you put cinnamon on it. Yeah. The cinnamon, cinnamon sugar and the rosemary with water and boil it up and let it sit and kind of steep Okay. and then um, pour it out into a glass and, and we use skull ice cubes. We did. We found these at target. They were fun. Threshold skull ice cubes um, at Target. All right, so let's let's move on. So that evening, Ed Gein was arrested at West Plainfield Grocery Store as the Washara County Sheriff's Department arrived to search the Gein farm. What they found was chilling. A sheriff's deputy searching the property came across a shed. Inside was a woman hanging upside down by her legs with mm. a crossbar at her ankles and ropes at her wrist. She was decapitated and dressed out like a deer. That's a quote. Oh. She had been shot with a uh, 22 caliber rifle. This was the body of Bernice Warden. Oh my God. And in that sheriff's step, that's her son that yeah. found her like that. Oh yep. my God. But let's go back to the beginning. <laughs> Edward Theodore Gein was born in La Crosse, Wisconsin on August 26, 1906. He was the second of two boys of George and Augusta Gein, who was an extremely religious woman, preaching to her sons the innate immorality of this world, the evil of drinking, and women. 
besides herself, of course, stating that women were naturally promiscuous and instruments of the devil. Mm. Augusta hated her husband, who was an alcoholic and unable to keep a job. Augustus didn't trust the outside world, using her farm's 155-acre isolated land to turn away the outsiders that could influence her sons. Gein only left the farm to attend school, which he did relatively well, especially in reading. However, whenever he tried to make friends, his mother would punish him fiercely. Gein was shy in school due to this. Classmates and teachers remembered him having strange mannerisms, such as randomly laughing. And he would randomly laugh to himself, but then he would also tell himself personal jokes and then laugh at those jokes. Uh-huh. On April 1st, 1940, Gein's father passed away due to heart failure, actually due to alcoholism. Augusta continued to preach the evils of the world and of women. When Ed's older brother, Henry, was to be married to a divorced mother of two, his mother disapproved. Henry told Ed that he was worried about his attachment to their mother, Mm. and Ed responded with shock and hurt. Okay, so that reminds me a bit of, um, oh goodness, uh, Psycho, where he was upset, like he was obsessed with his mother. Yep, we'll get to that. Okay. On May 16th, 1944, Ed was burning the marsh away on the property when it got out of control. The local fire department was called. And by the end of the day, it was extinguished. However, no one could find Henry. Mm-hmm. A search party was formed, lanterns and flashlights dancing in the dark looking for Henry. He was found face down, dead, dying from, alle- or dying from alleged heart failure. What? It was later reported by biographer Harold Shetler that Henry had wounds on his head when he died. Oh. State mm-hmm. investigator Joe Wamoski interviewed Gein about the death of Bernice in 1957, also questioned him regarding Henry's death. Mosky stated, It is possible and likely that Henry's death, death was a Cain and Abel aspect of this case. Yeah, I was wondering. I was just thinking of Cain and Abel. Right. Because it's, it's like his brother spoke out about his attachment to the mother, mm-hmm. and he wanted to kill him at that right. point. So that is the first time that Ed Gein killed somebody. Okay. Allegedly. Okay. It was well, never really proven, but that's the first time. Okay. Edgeen and Augusta are now alone. A mother and her child on an isolated farm, believing the outside world would come and destroy their family. It's ironic that the isolated family destroyed themselves from within. Augusta had a stroke after Henry's death, and Ed attended to take care of her. However, her health deteriorated rapidly, and she died on December 29, 1945, at the age of 67. Hmm. Ed Gein was now alone. So he's lost two parents, and then he potentially killed his brother. Mm -hmm. And he is by himself. Okay. Living alone, far from town, he began to sink into his obsessions for a decade. He filled his days learning about Nazi medical experiments, studying human anatomy, he didn't leave the isolated farm except for errands, never dated, but obsessed over pornography and horror novels. Then he began indulging in his fantasies. Do we know what kind of pornography he was looking at? That sounds no. really weird to say that. But no, like... I it, it didn't say. It just said that he was obsessing over porn. Now, back then, it would probably be relatively tame as opposed to like something of this, of this time. Yeah. Um, however, you know, again... 
you look at the very religious upbringing that he had mm-hmm. um no real experience with the outside world and you know social his social ability was not there this so, is also giving kemper like kemper vibes edmund kemper yeah because wasn't he like he had his mom and she also kind of condemned women yeah and he well and he also had the obsession with the shoes but yeah yes okay okay so flash flash forward to the crime scene at the farm in 1957 the sheriff's deputies cautiously entered gein's house they found the following whole human bones and fragments a wastebasket made of human skin. Mm. Human skin covering several chair seats. Skulls on his bedposts. Oh. Female skulls, some of the tops sawed off. Oh. Bowls made from human skulls. Oh my god. A corset made from a hum- female torso skin from shoulder to waist. Oh. Leggings made from human skin. Masks made from the skin of female heads. Now, we're going to come back to this, but Mary Hogan's face mask in a paper bag and then Mary Hogan's skull in a box. We haven't talked about her yet. Yeah. Bernice Warden's entire head in a burlap sack. Bernice Warden's heart in a plastic bag in front of the Gein's potbelly stove. Okay. Nine vulva in a shoebox. Oh. A young girl's dress and the vulvas of two females judged to be around 15 years old. What? Mm-hmm. A belt made from female human nipples. Four noses. A pair of lips on a window shade draw screen. A lampshade made from the skin of a human face. And fingernails from uh, female Maybe we fingers. should have given a trigger warning on these. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um, so, oh my god. So I'm just curious. So hmm, leggings and a mask mm-hmm. and like this all makes me feel like he was like dressing up or like wearing these or You're very astute. Okay, because and it's so now it's giving not just Kemper, but it's also giving um Buffalo Bill vibes. Mm-hmm. Yep. From uh Silence of the Lambs. Yep. Which I think it is isn't he based off of that game? A lot. Okay. So when questioned by the investigators, Gein told them that he had made up to 40 nightly visits to graveyards to exhume freshly buried bodies. Mostly women. Gein later admitted that he admitted that he targeted freshly buried bodies of women in their 50s that resembled his mother. Oh. However, there were some outliers. Soon after his mother's death, Gein began to create a woman's suit. Um, out of the bodies he exhumed to crawl into her skin <gasps> to literally become her. Oh, okay. So that's definitely like uh, uh, Psycho. Psycho and a little bit of Buffalo Bill. Yeah. So he denied having sex with any of the bodies, stating that they, quote, smelled too bad. During the investigation, Gein confessed to the killings of Bernice Warden, along with a tavern keeper that had been missing since 1954, Mary, Mary Hogan. Hogan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, Ed Gein was arraigned on one count of first-degree murder of Bernice Warden. The state determined they actually threw out the case for Mary Hogan as they believed it was kind of a waste of money. Mm -hmm. He pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. He was diagnosed with schizophrenia and deemed to be mentally incompetent, unfit to stand trial. 
So he was sent to Central State Hospital, which is now the Dodge Correctional Institute um, in Wopen, and then was transferred to Mendota State Hospital in Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, real quick. So the state felt like it was a waste of money to go after the Mary Hogan because they already had him on Bernice Warden. I think it was that, but I don't know why they wouldn't try to get him on that because he also confessed to both of them. But I, I don't know why they wouldn't go after him for both. But they, mm. but the quote was that they deemed it like not financially like liable, I guess. Okay, that's interesting. Right. Um, so Gein's house and property was appraised at $4,700, which is the equivalent to 48K now. Oh. His possessions, I'm assuming it's the ones that were not covered in human skin. Yeah. Were scheduled for auction on March 30th, 1958. However, on the morning of March 20th, a mysterious fire was started and destroyed the house. Oh, weird. Right. Arson was suspected. However, no official cause was found. Okay. So Edward Gain died at the Mendota Mental Institute on July 26, 1984, due to respiratory failure, secondary to lung cancer at the age of 77. Mm. But he will always be known as the Butcher of Plainfield. So that's the story of Ed Gein. Now, in popular culture, Gein's story gained widespread public attention. It has been the influences of many films we know today. In addition to Alfred Hitchcock's 1960 film, Psycho, his story has been influenced for Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs. Yes. And Leatherface and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. And so that's where we're kind of now... Shifting. ...segueing into... Yes. ...this... But before we do that, let's take a quick break. We're going to make another round of cocktails. Okay. And then we'll be right back to talk about... Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, While we're taking a quick break, I wanted to let you know how you can help support the podcast. Of course, we love the fact that you listen to us. Um, We love that you follow us on Instagram and comment on our photos. But we would love it if you like our podcast, if you could share it with your family and friends that you think might be interested in spooky, paranormal, true crime stuff, then share our podcast with them. We are on all major podcast platforms. Um, Also, like and review us on those platforms so that we get more uh, ratings. That would be fantastic. Um, Also, if you're not following us on Instagram, we hope that you will. We are at spirited underscore spirits underscore podcast. And on there on our profile, you can actually click our link tree and get more information. Um, we have a buy us a coffee account. Um, haven't received any coffees just yet, but <laughs> we thought we would go ahead and um, sign up for that. And we would love it if you if you're able to help us out. That would be great financially. Um, otherwise, just keep listening, sharing the podcast, rating, reviewing, and we appreciate all your support. So, um, Steph and I, like she said, we watched quite a few, I mean, three Texas Chainsaw Massacres. We watched the original one from 1974, directed by Toby Hooper, um, and that synopsis is, Five friends head out to rural Texas to visit the grave of a grandfather. On the way, they stumble across what appears to be a deserted house only to discover something sinister within 
something armed with a chainsaw. Then we watched the 2003 remake. After picking up a traumatized young hitchhiker, five friends find themselves stalked and hunted by a deformed chainsaw-wielding loon and his family of equally psychopathic killers. Then we watched the twenty two or the twenty twenty two Texas Chainsaw Massacre legacy sequel, I guess. And that is after forty eight years of hiding, Leatherface returns to terrorize a group of idealistic young friends who accidentally disrupt his carefully shielded world in a remote Texas town. So we're gonna talk about our takes on each one of these films, starting with the original. Mm-hmm. Steph, what did you think of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Oh, you hadn't okay. seen it in quite a few years. So I'm going to be very controversial. <laughs> I know there are a lot of people who really love the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Massacre. They think it's like the epitome of horror. I completely disagree. And um, there's several reasons why I don't like it and why I don't think it works. I think it works on one level. Um but it it overall it doesn't work um the movie the characters are very unlikable in my opinion there's not a single person that you're really rooting for um and what's disappointing about that is like even in other horror films where you don't necessarily get to like spend time with the characters getting to know them and and kind of rooting for them or wishing someone will survive at some point, like, you, it's funny, like, um, in some horror films, you're rooting almost for the killer, which sounds really sadistic, I guess. But, like, it's like how many Freddy Krueger movies, like Nightmare on Elm Street, are you actually rooting for the victims or are you rooting for Freddy Krueger? Because he's, like, hysterical to watch, right? Okay. So like, he's, he's a little more interesting to Yes. Okay. And so you know these people are here for the slaughter and Freddy Krueger's going to like kick, you know, kick their ass. With with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'm not fully I'm not I, I I sit there and I watch it and I think I don't root for the characters, like the main characters. I don't care if they survive. I don't care if uh Leatherface kills them. I think he's sadistic and crazy and his family's crazy. Like I don't root for anyone. So I sit there and I watch it and I'm not invested in the film because I just don't find it. I just find it sadistic, which is ironic because it's not even that gory. I mean, it's gory in the sense that you're watching these things happen, but there's not blood squirting at the screen or anything, you know, like it's not really showing anything. Right. So I, so my, my take is, is I think it's an, it's an important film. In the you know, you know just the history of horror films, it, it really did change a lot. Yeah, um, I would agree with and that. I think Toby Hooper is a great director because I mean, without him, we wouldn't have you know Poltergeist. I mean, everyone yes, says, and that, I love Poltergeist. Everyone says Poltergeist is a Steven Spielberg, but that's not true. It's actually Toby, Toby Hooper. Yeah, um, Spielberg was a producer. Yes. Okay. So, um, but so so he did some stuff with that with just the complete grittiness of that film Mm -hmm. it was very low budget and i mean they did a lot of stuff like baller on a budget type stuff like um but there's just like iconic scenes and 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 just the grittiness of it Mm -hmm. like in the house and i think a lot of people were terrified because it wasn't like something supernatural 
or like demonic it was just this sadistic family in in texas that was killing people to basically slaughter them and eat them mm-hmm. which you know ed gein was you know he had killed he was people eating. he was he eating was, but he uh... was using pieces of the bodies that he and was finding yeah and i think he was it from what where he found where they found the heart i think he was getting ready to cook bernice's heart because mm. it was right by the oven right by like the okay the so there was a cannibal so i think maybe. there was something that was going to happen there that they caught but so i think there's a lot of um like terrifying things there is that you know you just don't know who your neighbors are you don't know who's living in america and so i think the idea of like you know there's a family in texas that's you know again killing people to eat um is terrifying but now again this is like you know the 70s it's a little bit more tame than i think people like you know people think like when they think of texas chainsaw massacre they think that you're going to be seeing people getting cut up and stuff like that but you don't really you do but you don't like yeah. it's it's not it's it's not as it's boring as, yeah well and so me to me there is like a level of it's it's sadistic horror which i'm just not a fan of like i'm i'm again i'd rather have a supernatural piece to it but um i think the best part of that movie is the ending and you know it's essentially kind of um was she the first final girl or had there been other final girls before her i don't want to i don't want to say yes or no i'm not sure what time frame yeah, that's what I was trying to think. Is like if she was like the OG final girl. She is. She is a OG final girl. Right. So, but you see the terror. It's like now we've gotten to the point where like the final girls are like badasses and they're like kicking ass and like not scared. But she's like screaming. Like you can see in her face at the end of the film that she is terrorized. She's going to need all kinds of therapy. Like the trauma that she's yeah. experienced. Um, we're talking about Sally, by the way. That, to me, is the most horrific p- part mm. of this she's, movie. Well, because she's helpless. I mean, she's literally helpless. I mean, she she finds that trucker at the end. Well, but then she finds the trucker, but then Leatherface is after her. Then he goes after the trucker. Then she ends up getting on another truck, like an actual mm-hmm. pick, pickup truck. And that guy goes away. Like he, he And he's off. able to drive her off. Um, and that, to me, is probably the most effective part of the whole film. Um yeah, so is there anything else you wanted to say about the original? Um, not really. Let's move on to the remake. Okay, so, so the remake. We saw the two we watched the two thousand three remake of this I one. had watched it before. We both watched it before. Yeah. This one came out in two thousand three. It stars Jessica Beale, um, and some other people from like the early two thousands. Um so this one is still gritty, uh, but I think this one maybe adds a little bit more character development into yes. the characters. Yes. And I remember not liking it the original time. Like, the first time we watched it, mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Yeah. This second viewing, mm-hmm. I really liked it more. Why did you like this one more this time? Um. So, first of all, I, I do love Jessica Biel. Um, so, I was rooting for her. I actually had someone I was rooting for. She was kind of the moral compass of the movie. So I think because I felt like she actually cared, 
Like, she cared about the hitchhiker and what happened to her. Um, there was a little boy that they discovered, remember? She oh, cared yeah, about Je- Jebediah. Yes. And so, because she's the moral compass, you're rooting for her. I mean, if you have, like, a soul, you have a heart, and you're like, you know, you, you want her to, to survive. Right. Um, I guess well, we should also, say, there's there may be some spoilery stuff that we're going to be talking right. about, I mean, because we're... We're talking well, about the movie. This is 2003. This is like 20 yeah, years Yeah, if you ago. haven't seen it at this um, point. Um... So, but also, there's there's a little bit more depth in the storyline. Like, you know, her boyfriend is there. And he's wanting to propose to her. Wanting to propose to her. To her. They've, they recently went to Mexico. And they have a um, pinata full of weed. Yeah. Which I think that he was using to, like, sell. He was going to sell, sell it, it to give them a better life. That's why, yeah. and so I think there's a little bit more of like a, a little bit more of an enriching story of like why these people are driving through driving Texas. through Texas. They were supposed to be going to a concert too, though. Yes, they were going to a, I think like a Leonard Skinner concert or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, but so, it, in the first one, they're driving to. Didn't they say something about they? It was their old go, home or their yeah to go to go to gr- the grandfather's grave something it was really weird right so there's a little bit more depth in it um i wasn't clear in the first one what was the motivation for being there i felt more clear in the second in the remake like why they were there now the remake is definitely a lot more gorier yes it is so um if you're a little squeamish to that you don't probably want to watch it Mm -hmm. um but i i thought it was well it it was also (laughs) I think they did a lot of stuff like to kind of have an homage to the original. Yes. Like the, not the, like the music, but also um, just the sounds of like the door slamming mm-hmm. when he's there, mm-hmm. when Leatherface is there. Um, one thing that we had discussed that we liked was there's kind of a true crime essence to it too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where in the beginning, um, you're kind of following the cops. That, yeah, like, it's like a true true crime documentary. Yeah, it starts off almost like a true crime documentary, which I thought that was really kind of a well done thing because you see the evidence of where the teens have been. Like there's scratch marks on the walls. Yeah, you they know find, they're dying. You know yeah. they're going to die because that's what you find. That, like the the cops find like a fingernail or something, but the fingernail is is like on a scratch mark on the wall, which means that somebody was trying and then that that's explained later mm-hmm. of how that happens which i thought that was actually pretty brilliant it I was mean, effective very yeah effective. Mm-hmm. um so it gives a little bit more in depth and it tells more of the story like where the first one it was very it, again it fell very flat to me i'm sorry i don't mean to shit on the movie but like you have these teens they pick up a hitchhiker the hitchhiker's nuts they go to this place like where there's like um, barbecue meats and stuff, mm-hmm. and then they go to the hot house where their their grandparents lived or some shit, and then they stumble upon the house where Leatherface is, and it just feels very flat. But the, this one, it feel there's more. Um, they've expanded upon the storyline. Yes, and, and, I, and so I think... like the Jebediah character, the little boy, is an addition. Yeah, he's, that it, it was not in the original, and and it actually really works in this remake. Yes, without giving too much away, like it works that this little boy is is well because it, they're, they're part of the family. Of yeah, them. they're talking about how the family is more inbred. Yes, than 
um, the original one mm-hmm. stated. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit more of a discussion of that piece. Yes. So um, then you have God the 2022 Legacy sequel. Yeah. Which is called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What do you think of that one? So we, again, also just, we had watched this one before when it first mm. came out, and then we just watched it, like, earlier this week, and it, it's still... It's it, not good. It's really bad. I think... I, it's it, really bad, and I don't mind shitting on this one at no. all. <laughs> I think, okay, so this one is trying to do what, what Halloween. Halloween, the new Halloween did with, like, kind of the legacy sequel where you are saying, oh, all these other movies after the first one don't count Mm -hmm. so just pay attention to this one whereas in like halloween it was like none of these existed laurie strode is kind of a hermit um this is why she's a hermit you know she's waiting to face off against michael blah 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 and then the story starts from there this one it was confusing of how these two stories lined up right and then also they completely shit on their legacy sequel, which was Sally. So, um, and again, spoilers. I, yes. I feel like we're going to have to spoil this one to be able to you, properly talk to. about it's it. 20, it was in 2022, but if you want to turn it off and go watch it and come back and listen, go yeah, for it. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. Um, so it, it's about these, are they Gen Z's or millennials? I, I, think I don't they're know. They're supposed to be millennials, I don't but know. they are like, if I'm like millennial bordering Gen X, they're like millennial bordering Gen Z. So because... these these young kids, not kids, but like um, young adults, are going to pretty much do like a pop up startup type of situation and like they... a, and like a, an abandoned town yeah. where they're trying to like revamp like certain they're buildings, gentrifying the town. Yes, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the word. But they're gentrification. Um, yeah, gentrification. <laughs> gentrification. gentrification. <laughs> Uh, but they're, they're trying to, you know, take these dilapidated like homes that have been abandoned for a while and turn them into, um, businesses, businesses apartments. apartments, all that stuff. Yeah. So they're auctioning off like all these different, they buildings. got the leases or uh, yes. whatever, or not the leases, but the, um, the deeds. deeds. To the different places in the town, yes. and they're planning to. So sell there's like them a off. tour bus that is coming in with all these idealistic, um, you know, investors, and they're like all more, young, all young, um, and so the main characters are these two sisters, one um, that survived a school shooting, which I just feel like is a what's the word I used when we were watching it. I don't know. I just, anytime you use a school shooting to. It's, it's not, I don't think it's fair to people that have. But actually been through, like, I know what they were trying to do and like the trauma of what she had experienced. Yes. But it downplays the the seriousness of something. It does. And it it almost feels cheap. Yes. It feels cheap. It's like a cheap shot. Yes. And so, um, so, like, the younger sister, like, she s- survived a school, sh- a very well-known school shooting, um, and she, like, she doesn't like guns and and stuff like that, but then there's, like, a hillbilly, hill, hillbilly guy that has a gun. So, then she bonds up with him. And he bonds him. up with him, and, and it's just, it, so there's that, and then, like, Leatherface 
lives in a orphanage. Yeah. With I don't think it's his mom. It's somebody else. It's someone who's adopted him. He adopted him, and he's been there since he and was... And so you're telling me he didn't kill people for like 30, 40 years? Yeah. Apparently he had been hiding out since the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre in this building with this adoptive He was mom. like, I killed a few people, and then I hid out. Yeah. yeah. It's like BTK, where he yeah. just didn't kill people for like 20 years or whatever. Right. <laughs> and so it, it's really confusing, and then... I, okay, so... Um, he starts, of course, killing people because the adoptive mom is killed. She has, a heart, she has a heart attack and dies. And he blames of the- all of the the millennial or Gen Z's or whatever that, that come in. And so he wants to kill all of them. Because they were trying to push her out of her home because yes. they thought that they had, had the deeds to the home. It's a whole right. thing. It's and, and so then somehow the cops are like, this is what is so stupid to me. The cops are like, call her. And we're like, okay. And they call Sally, the original final girl from this. From, the, know, original from the original. Texas Chainsaw and Massacre. she was kind of in the first one. She was like this, like, flower child. Like, just very hippie. hippie yeah. and stuff like that. So now she's like this cowgirl that's, like, slaughtering, like, yeah. cows. Yeah. And, like, and, and has, like, a meat processing which is kind of odd it's like which is weird because like you would think because she went through the whole like her all her friends being slaughtered and the meat and the you would think she would like be a vegan like you know but in like where it works with laurie strode in the halloween legacy series because laurie yes was like a teenage you know she was a teenage babysitter and she saw her friends slaughtered but she like she becomes a badass that it this almost feels it feels weird to me that she's like got a farm and she's like skinning pigs in her farm. But then that's and not, like what? That's not even the worst part of it. The worst part of it is that they call her like like pretty much like he's back. Mm-hmm. And so she arrives at the scene. She like she like you know gets her gun. She's like I've been waiting. For I'm this waiting moment. for this all the time. And she gets here, and you're like, okay, there's going to be, like, a face-off. And there's, like, maybe a five-minute face-off, and Leatherface just kills her. Just takes her out with the chainsaw, like, rips her up into the sky, and she, like, gets... So it feels like... It feels so anticlimactic. Yeah. And to the point where, when I remember first watching it, I was like, oh, like, okay, this is where this movie's trying to go. And then it completely, like, just puts that on the sideline. I'm like, well... Now I really don't care at all what happens to anybody because, like, yeah, that I was a selling point of the trailer. Care about the sisters, right. like I. So yeah. Um. So I would say with that one specifically, that's a pass. So if we're rating these three, Steph, which how would you rate them? Well, I I think honestly the the two thousand three remake, um to me, effectively um, expands upon the storyline that is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, Jessica Biel is awesome. Really love her. She looks really good. Shut up. She's a Pisces. (laughs) I love her. I'm also a Pisces. Um, So I would say that's probably number one. Okay. Um, Then number two is the original. Because I do understand it and its importance in horror history, as you said. 
and I think the ending is the most effective. Right. So if you're going to watch it, you're watching it to the to to get to the ending. Um, the third one just pass hard pass. Like yeah, I I think I agree with that. Pretty much on the on the same reasons that you said. Mm-hmm. It's and I don't I don't know why we are because we're we're starting in this process with horror movies of doing legacy sequels. Yeah, which sometimes which works. Sometimes works. Like, okay, Halloween, the the, the new one. I keep going back it to it. It worked for the first, the first one. It worked for the first one. It didn't work for the last two. Yeah. Um, but the I, second one was okay. But, but like, even Chucky, really even, bad. even Chucky got like a legacy series. Oh, yeah. We started to watch that, but yeah. we didn't. Yeah. So it's a, it's a weird time for horror where we're doing this thing where instead of doing remakes, we're now doing just legacy sequels. Which I don't know. Anyway, so thank you. I for... mean, I give them points for creativity instead of just completely oh, remaking. So... Well, but don't if you if you're remaking something, it's just but to it, me, it's, it's a cash cow thing. Like you're just but it's not, that a, tea. it's not a remake. But the, it's, a, but... it's like it's like a reboot. It's a re. It's a legacy reboot. But yeah, but with legacies, <laughs> like you love the legacy of Scream. But that's not, you, but, you found it effective. You liked it. You enjoyed it because, to you, it was a continuation of story. It was more creative in some ways than other ones that had come before I, it. I will hold on. I will say that the Scream series, um, I don't know if it's a legacy because it's not like it's. I mean, they're bringing. It is a legacy it, series. Bring, She's literally the daughter of 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 Loomis. Loomis. I guess so. Come on. But I I think. I don't know. I have a soft spot for Scream. So you and just I, give them a hard pass? Or you give them a pass because they... I, I, I really like the original Scream. And I like two, I like four, five is We've okay. already... Go back and anyway. watch our episode. Or but, watch. Go back and listen to our episode about Scream and the rankings. Right. But I think... Um, I feel like again that does a little bit more of expanding the lore of the. Of the I hear you. Thing. Yes. Okay. This one's just like a cheap. Like, yeah, this one doesn't the, expand on any. And this one, this one also, they're like ignore the last like seven movies of what of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There was seven movies. I'm just saying, I, there's not. But I'm I was just, gonna say I don't remember. There's, there's quite a few. There's, there's a few. Yeah. We need to watch some of the other sequels because we have not done that. Uh, I heard there's some people really like the second one. We watched the second one at a drive-in one time. We did. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh, is that the Halloween night at the the drive-in? Yes. We. Oh man, that was fun. Yeah. Anyway. And they had a haunted bus. It was so fun. I'm sorry. All right. G- getting off track. Um. Okay, listeners, tell us what you think. Did you enjoy um watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre the original? Or the remake, or the shitty new one. <laughs> the shitty new one. <laughs> um, contact spirited spirits at gmail.com. We are always open to hearing from our listeners. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram. It's uh, spirited underscore spirits underscore podcast. And um, we are on TikTok now, but we're not doing anything with it. We haven't done anything with it yet. We need to do that. We need to like. Figure We're also on YouTube, which we have a couple episodes on that. Yeah, if you like to look at Spirit Spirits, go on to YouTube to listen um, to the podcast. And yeah, so thank you for joining us. And we hope you keep listening and you join us next week. While we sip, sip on, on spirits, spirits and we talk about spirits. Yeah.
Bye. Bye.